0: Man, why aren't I scoring goals like Steven Fernandez on Aguada? It's because you're out of shape. Why wasn't I voted the best defender in the league like Bradley on Margao? It's because you don't work out. Why haven't I won multiple MVPs like Ron Montero from Lotelem? It's because you're never at the gym. Why aren't I a back-to-back champion like Casey from Aguada? Because you haven't talked to Byron at the Mississauga Heartland Good Life. Byron is a manager that has worked his way up through the system... And he understands the needs of soccer players, goins, and going soccer players. So whether you're a player in the league, a fan, make sure you talk to him about a membership or how to save money on your current plan, call Byron at 905-330-9413. Once again, that's Byron Correa at 905-330-9413. Hey, this is Craig Del from Media. This is DJ Kaya. This is Elliot
1: D'Souza. Hey, this is Jason D'Souza from Aldona. Hey, this is Nash Lowe from Aldona. This is Tosco D'Souza from Calibus.
0: Hey, this is Roan hey, D'Almeida.
1: Hey, this is Roland mads Hey guys, this is Ron Montero from Local Inn. Hi, this is Roy Fernandez from Donna Paula. This is Ryan D'Souza from Cuba Hey,
0: this is
1: Steffi DeCruz. Hey, this is Tony Nazareth and you are listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the GSL... The GSL... GSL... GSL Podcast. And you're listening to the GSL Podcast
0: that's right, everybody. Better late than never. A lot of you have been asking me what is going on this week. Where is the podcast? And I've had an incredibly busy week combined with a guest bailing on me at the last minute. But don't fear, the podcast is here. We have a lot of stuff to get into. So let's jump right into the news. First up in the news, we have a personal request from myself to the Margo and Mobsa teams. Had a lot of players you know, dying to hear about Margau, Mopsa, the structure, how it works, including myself. I'm actually very curious. And a lot of fans on the sidelines of the games have been talking about the podcast, talking about their Margau players, talking about how much pride they have in their team and in the system and in these players that have been around since day one. So, this is just a personal request to all Margau players, Mopsa players, and all the fans of these teams. To send me an email come on the show it's the gsl podcast at gmail.com even if you're not a former player or a current player you're just a fan that watches a lot of the games and wants to talk about the team you love please do contact me we'd really like to get a representative from one of these two teams on the show and just so you know mopsa a special request has been made for your coach Sandro to come on the show you've got mail mail m- m- mail m- mail mail m- mail you've got mail mail you, you, you you've got 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 mail all right let's get into some fan mail first we have from ryan de the colva fc goalkeeper he says wendell congrats on the marriage buddy hope you had a great honeymoon with the new bride as well great job on the podcast keep it up it's entertaining and i know it makes for great banter and debate throughout the week cheers buddy ryan well ryan thank you so much for sending in this fan mail um, I did have a great uh, honeymoon, definitely, and the marriage is going well so far, fingers crossed. Um, as far as the podcast goes, glad to know you're into enjoying it and it's creating some debate and banter. That is, you know, one of the main points is just to develop some discussion, get people talking, get people laughing and having fun. Um, one thing I will say is that I've been getting a lot of these positive emails. And yes, they warm my heart. They make me feel better. Uh, they make it easy to come back to the microphone and do this every week. But one thing I'd like to request from, the, from all the great fans messaging me and all the people that are going to message going forward is please send me an email, say whatever comments you want, but it would actually be amazing if at some point in the email you include a question that I could answer. For example, uh, Ryan could ask, what do you think of Colva this year? Or what is the hardest goalkeeper to score on in the league, in your opinion? What do you think about this player on Aguada? Just any, any question. It can be about anything league-related, player-related, life-related, whatever, just kind of gets a little more interactive. I can read your mail, read your question, answer your question and then other people will be able to see if they agree with me if they agree with you, things like that. So just a note for other people sending uh, some uh, fan mail in the future. That being said, we do have another fan mail. This one comes from shwarma underscore poppy at gmail.com with the subject line hashtag shorts for Brendan. So I guess this hashtag is continuing on to this week. Hello Wendell, my name is Shavi, co-founder of Laziz word has come around regarding Brendan's GoFundMe campaign for longer shorts. Since I see him on almost a daily basis at a restaurant, I would like to contribute to this cause by donating 10 cents from every shawarma sold. I hope the goal is met for his and the league's sake. Hashtag shawarmas for shorts. Well, thank you, Shavi from Laziz. Um, first thing I would like to say right at the bat is I have no idea who this Shavi is or this Lazeez restaurant is, if that's even a real restaurant. So this is not an official sponsor of the podcast. They claim to give 10 cents for Brendan's GoFundMe campaign, but where is the love for the podcast sending me some money? At least give me like five cents or something. So definitely not an official sponsor and cannot recommend their shawarmas, if that's even a real restaurant. Second thing I would like to say is, come on, man, 10 cents from every shawarma? That's not, like, how many shawarmas are you going to have to sell to buy a pair of shorts? I think that's a little bit cheap on Shabby's part. Just my opinion. You guys can let me know what you think. All right, let's get into some match recaps. First up, we have Aguada versus Colva. This is a game that I did predict Aguada to win, but I thought it'd be a much closer result. However, this ended up being a blowout with Aguada winning 5 to nothing. Goals from Andrew Fernandez, Duran Pereira, and another hat trick from Stephen Fernandez, which brings up um, some people have asked me, you know, Steven Fernandez leading the, uh, the GSL, uh, golden boot race right now. Is he a genuine MVP candidate? This is actually a great question I was asked because every year when someone's winning the golden boot race, a lot of times you immediately think, should they be MVP? And you always need to hesitate before you do this. The golden boot race is that is, is meant for that. It's meant to reward the person that scores the most goals in a season. And that's the award they get. However, that doesn't always translate into being an MVP for me. And I think based on the history of the league, the way the MVPs have been decided is that it's meant for someone that makes a large impact on the team and the standings. So, for example, in Steven's case, he's scoring a ton of goals and he's definitely helping up. So I'm not denying he's having a breakthrough season and really helping them win games. It's just because his goals are so concentrated against some of the weaker sides and he hasn't really had major contributions against some of the heavy hitters. That's why I feel like he's not an MVP candidate as of yet. That being said, they have two more games against Lotham coming up. If he were to score a hat-trick in one of those games, you know, I, I would definitely change my tune and say he's in serious contention at that point. On the other hand, it was a very disappointing loss for Colva. Um, this was a chance, two weeks in a row, for them to step up against top teams and really, you know, make the name for themselves, really say, hey, we're here to stay. And they lost against Lotham and they lost against Aguada in big fashion. They did report some injuries, uh, unfortunately against Aguada, that kind of hampered their performance. However, unfortunate that they lost by five to nothing. That being said, it d- should be noted that Aguada had their full team strength, like playoff level of Guada, and apparently they were scary to watch. They were moving the ball well, creating tons of chances, and they're just a really, really good team when all their players show up. All right, let's move to the other 10.30 a.m. game. We have Mopsa versus Aldena with the final score of two to one for Aldena. Goal scorers for them, Mark Pereira and Richard Fernandez, and goal scorer for Mopsa, Royce Raposo. So I was playing in this game, so this was a very close game. I'd say for the first 20 minutes, Mopsa came out blazing. They were much more on the ball. Pretty much the entire first 20 minutes was spent in our half, kind of fending them off. They came up with a high energy, um, and they really, really kind of came at us. And I'd like to highlight you know, their center forward, Ryan D'Souza, who is a very large physical center forward. And... For the first time I can remember in the years, our center for our center defender, sorry, Jason D'Souza, was having a tough time with him. Now, I don't mean necessarily that Ryan was creating a lot of chances or getting a lot of goal scoring opportunities. Jason always had him well under control, but he had to work against this guy. Ryan made him work. And for me, you know, Jason, former MVP, he's able to body center forwards easily, you know, win balls in the air. And I haven't seen him sweat and really have to struggle with someone in a while. So that was really good to see them battling clean game. Unfortunately, about 70 minutes into the game, uh, Ryan did elbow Jason in the face. Jason retaliated. the ref, called him over. The ref did a great job. Could have given them both reds, but said, listen, calm down. It's a clean game. Gave them both yellows. They made up. Um, So that was kind of a little bit of a a taint on what was a really good battle between them, Um, which also led to later on Ryan sly tackling uh, an ultimate player from behind. It was more of a clumsy tackle. However, um, the alternate player interpreted it as a dirty, really dirty play from behind, which led to him escalating the situation again. Another kind of team brawl broke out. Fight, 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 fight. fight And unfortunately, the last 10 minutes of the game was kind of ruined by a little bit of that. But uh, getting into the goals, first off, uh, it was 0-0 at half, but uh, about 5-10 minutes in the second half. Just absolute beautiful wing play between Richard Fernandez and Sherwin Marshall, going down the left side, alternating, doing overlapping runs, give and goes, one touches, literally back and forth from about half all the way into the 18-year box. Richard Fernandez with the give and go and then the one-touch finish, bottom right corner. So beautiful, beautiful goal there. Um, However, about five minutes later, um, on the other side, Sherwin uh, defending against the Mopsa player. He went out to him, um, but unfortunately the player uh, jumped up, headed the ball right across, and it uh, came to Royce Repose's feet wide open in the middle and beautiful uh, one-touch while well falling down, hits the top uh, right corner. So very, very nice finish by Royce. And they were right back in at 1-1. So uh, kind of deflating for us. Uh, we kind of had to regroup after that. Uh, going forward, it was very even uh, between both sides. I would say no really major chances. Um, I think a 1-1 draw would have been fair. Both teams would agree. However, uh, we had a free kick just outside the 18-yard box late in the second half uh, with Calvin taking it shot it low in the bottom right goalie made a nice right diving save but unfortunately he did make an error where instead of deflecting it to the left and out of bounds or catching or putting it in front of him he deflected it to the right so pretty much popped up right in front of the middle of the net and uh, mark prayer on the scene just to do an easy tap in so just goes to show when you're a goalkeeper you know everyone judges the goalie based on the mistakes they made and they rarely get rewarded for the saves they make but even diving to a side and making a save isn't good enough as a goalkeeper and you'll see this in professional sports too they they don't want you to just dive and make the save make contact they want you to dive make contact and push it either out of bounds out of play to the left uh, towards the touchline, line um, or catch it um, you, at all costs you're not supposed to rebound it in front of you or back in front of the net so un- unfortunate for the goal that this happened it felt kind of bad for him but not too bad because we won 2-1 and uh, it was a great result for us moving on we had bung Molo versus donna paul this was a a good match between you know two of the uh, teams fighting and trying to Rise up the standings, get get some points on the board. Um, I thought it'd be much closer and in the end. In reality, it was a win for Bugmalo, four to one, with goals from Conan, uh, Anthony Fernandez, Cedric Cardozo, Naga Raya Vara. Naga Raya sorry, Naga. That's a that's a tough uh, name to say. I'll get better. If you keep scoring, I promise. Uh, I'll practice. Uh, and Kyle uh, Mikado. Kyle came up to me after the game. and said, "You know, people keep." telling me Kyle Machado. Kyle Machado, he's like, I want you to come on the podcast. When you say my name, make sure everyone knows my name is pronounced Kyle Machado. So make sure next week you go up to Kyle and say, hey, Kyle, I'm sorry. I'll make sure to call you Kyle Machado from now on. He'll really appreciate it. And from Donna Paula, it's uh, Gary Barreto. Uh, Gary, who I highlighted previously, is very, very talented central midfielder for Donna Paula, uh, one of their bright stars right now. So good for him to get on the board, and, and positive for them. Unfortunately, in the afternoon, I was watching the uh, Lothal Margao game. with only briefly kind of looking over, especially more in the second half, and I did notice that Dona Paula was play- playing very well, and they were actually in Bugmalo's zone a lot. However, the difference between the two teams, I noticed, was Bugmala was more lethal with their chances, whereas Dona Paula, unfortunately, sometimes they hit the crossbar. They had great play into the final third, but then couldn't get a shot off, um, so... Bogmollo. It was kind of to me. It felt more like an experienced team versus a new young team, and Bogmollo just having that veteran coaching, having those veterans on the team showed to Mickey and Nett, who's been in the league since day one, and so great to see him back on the field as well. Um, just these these type of characters, Roy, center defenseman, leading them, it just kind of calms the team down, gives them that veteran presence. So I think that's what Don Apollo was missing. I've been seeing that all season, but I did I did notice they were playing uh, right till the end at a very high level, trying to give it to Bogmollo and. I, at one point in the second half, I even heard one of the uh, Donna Paul players say, I can't believe we're losing this game. And it just kind of reflected their attitude that, yep, yeah, they were down 4-1, but they were developing chances and they were really playing well. So unfortunate for them that they lost 4-1, but they'll have to pick that up going uh, going forward. Last game of the day, Lotelum versus Marga This was going to be a heavyweight game. A juggernaut could not wait for this showdown. We actually had a team barbecue. I'm sure a lot of you noticed. Just to uh, sit down, watch these guys celebrate or win. And boy, did it disappoint! This uh, one of the uh, fans said this should be known as the hangover game, because almost all the players on Margot and Lotulim had, had uh, gone to uh, Neville Maciel, who's on Lotulim's wedding the night before, and just resulted in, in just a completely uneven, lopsided match. To me, it really felt like I was really impressed with Margot's youth, in the sense that man, they are fearless, they are talented, they all play in a system, but you could just tell it was men against boys. Lothalem, despite the two suspensions, were just controlling the game and uh, winning all the 50-50 tackles. It's great passing between them, lots of chances. And uh, goals uh, in the final result of four to one for Lothalem. Goals from uh, Ron Montero, Nicholas Green, and two from Neil de Silva. Uh, and goal for Margot from Stefan Rebello. So originally in the first half, uh, Ron taking a corner, just kind of floated up in the box, and Neil just came charging and just boom, headed it right in the back, and a beautiful header goal from Neil. So that was one nothing. About 10 minutes later, right at the end of half, literally right before the last whistle, uh, Margot's sloppy defense at the back, ball kind of bouncing back and forth off corner, couldn't clear properly, and then uh, Nick Green came and uh, volleyed it, and it took a bunch of deflections went in the back of the net. And that was literally, right after that, it went to halftime. So that was really um, tough for Margot to take because going in one nothing versus 2 nothing is a huge difference for them, especially since they were missing Dwayne. And you could tell just some of their younger players aren't, aren't as experienced despite how talented they are. Uh, moving on to the second half, Ron Montero was one of the goals of the season, in my opinion, um, got the ball just past the halfway, beat a couple people, but then he did the classic move where you body fake left, drop your shoulder, defender moves, you turn right, go around him, and then just blasted it, and it went literally top left corner off the post crossbar area, and in. So just an absolute beautiful goal. It was like vintage Ron. Uh, us on the side, we were watching the game, having our barbecue, joking, and I was like, "Whoa, that's like that's like two years ago, Ron." And I was like, "No man, that's like." 10 years ago, Ron, like that's like really, really impressive, that shot, I couldn't believe how nice it was, and then not to be outdone, Neil De Silva, reigning MVP, uh, did kind of actually the opposite move, where later on in the half, he did fake right, but went left, literally went with the goal, and he just blasted it, left foot, into the uh, right corner, so it goes to show how he can use both his feet, and uh, be such a weapon, and that's why I said he should have been MVP last year, and I think he was a deserved MVP, and definitely top three best players in the league, even right now. Um, not to be outdone even though margo lost 4-1 I do think um, this was just a game full of insanely nice goals sloppy defense at the back from low to limb couldn't clear their lines and clear the ball of 18 but it kept bouncing around and bounce up to a young margo player who ran and like half volleyed the ball across his body to the far net and went almost top left corner just below that just a beautiful volley goal from uh, Stefan Ribello so at least he can take that home but Unfortunately, overall, Ossalem completely dominating this game and beating uh, Marga with an easy win 4-1 to does kind of affect things going forward, um, but uh, we'll get more into that later on. Alright, let's move on to some match prediction, but rather than just predict next week, it's time to get into the mid-season predictions for the rest of the year. Now... A lot of you might be asking, who am I to do this? What do I know? Last season, I got half my predictions wrong. This season, I've been on fire. You, you have to give me credit for that. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of inconsistent. Do I really know? Am I focusing too much on some teams or some players? So, ra- let's just take all emotion out of it. Let's take all teams out of it. Let's take everything we know about the league out of the equation and go to one thing facts. Let's just discuss facts. And in the league, when you need to know the facts, you need to go to one guy, and that's who I brought in as a guest today, and he's known as the statistician. Yep, that's right. You heard me correctly. He focuses only on the stats, and he's come up with some remarkable stuff. So I'm very excited to do this. All right, that being said, please welcome to the show for the very first time. He is your statistician, Mark Pereira from Aldena. Mark, how's it going, man? What's up, buddy. I'm not bad. How are you? good uh thanks for coming on the show no no worries so right off the bat uh for all the listeners who want to clarify you are not here representing yourself you are not here representing Aldena. you are here as a mathematician to represent the stats and the facts of the league is that correct
1: well first of all i always represent myself but then yes i'm also here as a mathematician to represent the league <laughs>
0: okay, that's, that's fair enough <laughs> Uh, so, you had uh, sent in a bunch of good points and a, and a bunch of analysis because previously, when we've done midseason analysis and kind of the state of the league and what we can predict, things like that, it's all very speculative. It's all very kind of guesswork. A lot of it's not really that exact. But what you wanted to bring to the show was a little bit more science, a little bit more math, and kind of say the state of the league and what we can expect going forward. So, right before we jump into your stats, I'll just let everyone know the current uh, team standing. So, first place is Lotalum, second place Aldena. Third place Margau, fourth place is Colva, fifth place is Aguada, sixth place Bugmalo, seventh place Mopsa, and eighth place Donna Paula. Um, so the first stat we wanted to jump into from you was the Golden Boot Race Standings.
1: Yeah, so as I prepared for this call, uh, I had the pleasure of going through the Golden website, which is always the most accurate. Um, as you know, it's my favorite. Um, again, a little bit of sarcasm there, but uh, <laughs> there might be a few goals off... Here and there, uh, as of right now, it looks like Steven Fernandez from Aguada is leading the race uh, by 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 a lot. Um, he's at 11 right now. Um, I feel like he might just steal the show, depending on you know the remainder of depending on what team you are, either five or six games left. There might be someone else that might have a blowout game and uh, be able to catch him. But as of right now, it looks like he is running away with it.
0: I would agree. Uh, I think I think this is Stevens to lose at this point. Um, he's got f- six games left because the Guados have the game in hand. And the previous record uh, for most goals in the league uh, for a season is sixteen, held by Keegan and Neil. Now everyone knows I consider that a BS record because they each scored like seven goals in one game against Don Apollo or Dabolim. It was Dabolim, sorry. At that point, uh, the previous record that had held for you know 10, 20 years before that was. Uh, 13 goals, and that was, I felt, more legit. But that being said, the record is 16, that's still in the record books. Do you think Steven has a chance of breaking that record and getting uh, more than 16 goals?
1: I think so. Uh, I mean, his current record, or his current uh, goals per game average is a, a 1.83, to be exact. Um, so with six games left for Aguada, um, if he could get at least you know two goals instead, some of his games um he should be able to uh, i don't see why not i'm I'm, well, I'm. guessing after this broadcast there will be some teams mind marking him a lot closer so it might be a little bit harder but i i don't think there should be an issue with him beating it
0: yeah i know i would agree with you I, I i'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't at least tired or break it this year but who knows uh, as you said maybe teams will look out for him more and he's playing some tough teams going forward so the second style we wanted to get to was most goals scored by a team in this current season. So what do you have to present on that?
1: Uh, it's, there's not much to present, uh, but uh, are, you know, destroying that category right now. Um, they, they actually have the most goals for and least goals against. Uh, so really, um, you know, running away with that stat, uh, I think they have about 24 goals as of right now. Then you have uh, Aguada in second with about 21 goals. And uh, you have uh, Colva in third actually right now with 17
0: So from a statistical point of view, we know Lowe's first in the the league right now. As you said, most goals scored for and least goals conceded. So do you think uh, it's more important to have the most goals scored for or the least goals scored against a balance? I mean, okay, we're not going to say balance. Obviously, everyone would want like both. Um, But as far as, you know, winning games and winning the league, what do you think is more important, scoring goals or preventing goals?
1: I think me, based on... My experience, I think defense is always important. Um, if you keep the, the other team from scoring, um, you're bound to, you know, get a few goals in here and there, maybe a set piece. But I feel in the long run, you um, whether it be throughout the season or in the playoffs, especially in the playoffs. If you don't get the other team to score um, and you do all the scoring, um, I feel like that's more important. I think defense overall is is key to winning championships.
0: Okay, good to know. Um, so moving on. So the first three stats you presented are kind of uh, more run-of-the-mill I mean, you could also tell us the least goals conceded by a team, but we kind of looked at the top there. Those are more. You could check the website, you could figure it out. It's very easy. Now we're delving into some more high-depth, uh, high-intensity mathematics, as you would like to say. Um, not calculus, <laughs> nothing too fancy. Still, still only plus and minus. You know, don't want to make it too crazy here. But uh, yep. our stat number four is teams still in contention of winning the league. So, what can you what can you tell us about that?
1: So I I decided to go a little bit more into detail with this. So what I did is based on my opinion and how teams are performing this year, I ranked um, each team on where I think this is, again, independent from the current standings on the website. This is just based on what I've seen. um, I think uh, we've played all the teams in the league so far. So this is just my predictions of, uh, you know, where these teams should be. So based on that, I figured out um, what the strength of schedule is for each team. And um, based on that, I've gone down to figure out that there are about five teams um, that are still in contention. I mean, up until last week, one point separated each team. Uh, There's two teams that have full control of their destiny. Uh, There's what, and that's Aguada and Luthalim. Um, again, like I said before, it's Lutalim's, um league to lose this year. Uh, Guada still has an outside chance. I mean, they have a big test this coming weekend uh, against Lutalim. Um so that's that's something to look at. Uh, Colva does have an outside chance, but they have the hope that a lot of results against other teams, um, you know, go in their favor, so that they're able to climb up back into the race.
0: And then, as far as Lotslum versus Aguada this weekend. You mentioned that as a huge game. Is it mm-hmm. a scenario where is if guada doesn't win this game, are they out of the title race?
1: Yes. Yes, they are actually out of the title race uh, if that doesn't happen. So basically what needs to happen is if Aguada wins all their games and they play Lutlund twice... Aldona once, and Marga once. If they win all their games, then most likely they will be winning the championship. Um, and that, that's that's all there is to it. Uh, There's no other option for them uh, at this point. They can't tie any games. They need to win all their games in order to win a championship. Lutalem has a little bit of, um, you know, a leeway. They they could tie one game in there. But if, again, like if they win all their games, they play Aguada twice, Marga once, and Colba once. Uh, so again, pretty hard schedule. I believe them, Aguada and Bogmalo have the hardest schedules as we approach uh, the end of the season. Um, so, if Lutalem are able to, you know, go through the test of not being complacent and winning the rest of the games, it's their championship to lose.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I I, I completely agree. I think it's really low to to lose at this point. And I don't see them giving it up or or losing it. I mean, the fact that Aguada has to win out and has such a tough uh, strength of schedule uh, based Mm -hmm. on calculations and based on looking at their schedule, I would completely agree. I think it's going to be too tough a task. I mean, it's still possible. Uh, It is amazing to me that, you know, we're a little bit over halfway through the season and we still have five teams in contention. He mentioned three of them already. I think Colva, I would write them off. I don't think they're going to have this outside chance. Not only would they have to win out so many things, but uh, uh, other things would have to help happen with Lutalem losing and Guad- yeah. losing and things like that. So what does Margao and Aldona have to do to win this title?
1: So Margao actually has an opportunity by... Uh, they, so they play uh, Aguada, Aldona, and Lutalem all once. Um, so if, in order for Margao to, to win the league, uh, they need win the rest of their games so you know take some points off of Lutalem Aguada and, Ald- and Aldona and and hope for Lutalem to slip up against another team so possibly the Aguada games um so that's the the situation that would occur if Margao uh decided actually they have a a very crucial game They're, the game against Lutalem is the last game of the season so a possible Nate uh na- Nailbiter um as we so could be, as we could approach on yeah.
0: the last game of the season
1: exactly exactly so that that's a possible nail, nail biter for them um, and also that might be a game that Aldona might want to you know pay a lot of attention to because if things go their way uh, they play that their key games are Colva Aguada and Marga so if they win their games and Lutalim slip up in the Aguada or the Marga or the Marga game um then aldona who is in second right now are able to you know possibly win that championship for the first time in in the club's history
0: yeah exactly a lot of teams uh definitely checking out this table and watching with the close eye our team included um so the final stat you know we, we've gone into in depth into strength of schedule teams in contention winning the league goals scored golden boot races. These, these are things that, you know, they're based not on just like uh, whims and, and what you wanted to pick out of a hat. These are things that the professional le- leagues actually look at. One of the biggest examples I'll give is in the NFL, strength of schedule is huge. It, it like, determines everything. They look at the remaining five games to make the playoffs and who has the easiest strength of schedule and things like that, and it can make massive differences in the entire season. So you doing the analysis, crunching the numbers, based on the stats, based on the schedule, Who do you think is going to win the league? And by win the league, I mean the regular season. We're not talking about the playoffs here.
1: Well, just doing the math and seeing what the trend is. um, Lutalem is unbeaten right now, and they have a game in hand, and they're sitting in top in in first place. So based on that, I feel like it's Lutalem that's, probably going to win the league with Aguada having, um, you know, just the outside chance if they do win all their games. Uh, personally, I'd like Aldona to win, um, but it uh, just seems that uh, Lutulum has to, you know, drop some points twice in two games, uh, like with a the, with the loss and a tie possibly that would help us out. But, you know, as of right now, it looks like Lutulum's taking the league.
0: All right, that makes sense. I'm going to have to agree with you there. We'll see what the rest of the fans think. Thank you so much, uh, Mark, for coming on, the statistician, giving us your math, giving us your insight, giving us your analysis. It's nice to have some concrete analysis, you know, based on numbers, based on facts, l- l- a little bit less of us just giving our opinion or stating random uh, random things for once. Don't you agree? Yeah, that makes
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, like I said, these are just stats. Um, as teams prepare for, the The rest of the season, again, um, anything could happen. As Pete as uh, winning games comes from many different factors. It comes from you know preparation. The and in this league, the the amount of players that show up to the game, I think that's really important for teams. And then the final stat is just basically teams that go out and play each other and actually want to win a game. So having said that, Lutalim is in the best spot to win the league. There could be other teams that you know. Prepare a little bit better as they approach the end of the season. They could go ahead, of, uh, go ahead a little bit. So don't. I wouldn't take stats too seriously uh, because games are played on the field. Um, this is just something that we we just like to look at just to predict what's going to come in the future.
0: So your overall message to the listener will be: despite us talking about stats for the past 10 minutes, none of it matters. Anyone can beat anyone. Exactly. I'm really, <laughs> good thing we hired, especially like you come on. <laughs> None of your training, none of this matters. Anything could happen this week. I agree with you there, and that's why we love it so much. Thanks a lot, Mark. We'll see you around. Yep, no worries. See you soon. All right, thanks so much to Mark for coming on the show, despite at the end there, I'm not sure if you picked it up, but pretty much he said that anything can happen in this league, so don't listen to the stats, but he was brought on as the statistician. So rather than dwell on that, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and stay tuned. We'll be back next week with a brand new system.